Wow, it's great. Great to be here. My name's Gary Fowler, and this is GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Technology. So it's with great honor that I introduce a friend uh, that I've met first, I think, in Russia. I don't know if it's a Churchill Club or Russia sometime many years ago now, but it's That's great okay. to have Bill here. Bill mm -hmm. is really uh, a legend in Silicon, actually not just Silicon Valley, around the world, uh -huh. and a very modest guy. So <laughs> uh, Bill is the uh, Pegasus uh, Ventures, Garage Technology Partners. I mean, I was even looking, Bill, you were yeah. in a rowing club at Harvard University as an undergraduate when you got your uh, bachelor's degree. So it was, uh, or the rowing group. So uh, quite we a high history. Stanford National MBA, um, and all around good guy. So, Bill, it's with great pleasure that uh, have you on the show today. So, appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to our audience of entrepreneurs and venture capitalists from all around the world. So, great to have you here today. Well, thank you so much, Gary. Um, yes, delighted and honored to be here, and and happy to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Well, you've got this amazing book. So you've talked about yeah. WOW for a long time. And I know you've done it to students that we've had from our accelerator. Mm -hmm. I've heard you in presentations all over the place talk about WOW. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that were just, you know, we talked about, I read your book uh, and mm -hmm. I looked at some of the factors. You say investor motivations, love, greed, status, and fear. Yeah. And I should, <laughs> so how do those work? Like, what is this like a love kind of a tough love relationship or what? No, well, so I, you know, so I just as a little bit of background, um, as you know, Gary, I started my career out here in Silicon Valley as an entrepreneur on the entrepreneur side of the table while I was a grad student here at Stanford. I wound up starting a software company, sort of by accident, but um, it was uh, it was an interesting journey. Um, and uh, uh, that company actually it was it you know it took off, and then one day it crashed and burned and blew up. <laughs> so, but um, you know what they say, right? You learn more from your failures than from your successes. But the great thing in Silicon Valley, as you like, know, you know is, something, Bill. It doesn't yeah. feel as good, does it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, right? So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, right. So the great thing about Silicon Valley is when you crash and burn, you pick yourself up and you dust yourself off and then you spin the story a little and then you do it again. And so I was able to do it again several times, uh, you know, becoming a serial entrepreneur with two IPOs. And then I got into the venture capital side. And when I became a VC, what I discovered is that a lot of what they had taught me as an entrepreneur about connecting with VCs was just wrong. And what, you know, what we spend most of our time coaching entrepreneurs about their pitches, about their stories, is based on the assumption that VCs are these astonishing brains that have these embedded algorithms that can intake all of this stuff from all these entrepreneurs run it through an algorithm, calculate an internal rate of return, and make these brilliant investments. So that's what I thought VCs did. And, and then when I became a VC, 
I, you know, I, we were funded by Sequoia and Mayfield and Draper Fisher and, you know, the, the top tier um, venture capital firms funded Garage Technology Ventures to be kind of the farm team for, um, for Silicon Valley VCs. Um, and so I went to my new VC buddies and I said, okay, so tell me, what's the algorithm you guys use? You know, how do you, and they would look at me and they would go, well, Bill, you know, <laughs> we, we, in, we invest in teams, you know, it's, it's teams. And I go, okay, um, so what are the analytics, you know, what's the data you use to assess the quality of a team? Well, you know, it's it's kind of pattern recognition. You know, after after five or ten years, you'll get the hang of it. And I go, oh my god, this is <laughs> this is venture capital? Are you kidding me? Sounds like some BS. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know, to get to the answer to your question, I mean, it's it's um. So we tried to figure out mm-hmm. what you know what causes VCs to invest, mm-hmm. and in the epiphany that I had was that VCs do not invest with their brains. VCs invest with their hearts. <laughs> the The secret for entrepreneurs, the secret for entrepreneurs, is to get them to fall in love with you, to get them to fall in love with you, to get them to say, you know. Wow, that's amazing what you have, right? But, you know, wow is not an intellectual response. Mm-hmm. Wow is not an analytic outcome. Wow mm-hmm. is an emotional response. Mm-hmm. And generally, you know, generally wow is a response of, you know, love or desire or maybe greed. Um, could be fear. Um, but the, the point is, that you've got to connect with the investor emotionally. You got to mm-hmm. tap into something other than just their data repository, right? If you just feed them a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. they'll file it away and maybe they'll remember you. But if you want to separate yourself from the pack, you got to get them to wow. You got to tap into you know their emotions. You got to get their heart beating faster. You got to get their pulse racing. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point of getting to wow. So, okay. So that's a good segue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So you talk about, you know, what is a fundable company? Mm. Like, so what are the elements? Cause you know, I hear about it. I'm on myself three or four panels every single day yeah. around the planet. Yeah. What is a fundable company? So if you look at yeah. it, what is it? If it's not the team, or that's part of it. What what do well, you look for? Or yeah. What do you look for? So yeah, I mean, so venture capital is a unique type of financing, and it's not for everyone. Uh, and so it is the nature of venture capital that, as an you know alternative investment class, we are trying to earn disproportionate returns to sort of safe and stable and risk-free assets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that means is as an entrepreneur, if you want to if you want to tap into the venture capital ecosystem, you've got to show that you can generate a 10x return. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, and I, you know, there are all sorts of numbers that get floated around. Mm-hmm. Academics talk about internal rate of return. Mm-hmm. Venture VCs um, VCs never talk about internal rate of return mm-hmm. in their investment committee meetings. Mm-hmm. They have to talk about it when they 
publish results to Cambridge Associates and that sort of stuff. But mm -hmm. practically speaking, right, VCs are looking for minimum 5x, you know, preferably 10x, ideally 20x returns. Mm -hmm. So the characteristics of a company that can do that are, are you know, very, very narrow. Um, mm -hmm. At the core, at the core, you've got to have an extraordinarily compelling value proposition. Mm -hmm. That means that it's not going to take a ton of money to convince people to buy your product, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so sort of the the economics, financial returns of venture mean that <clears throat> you've got to have this extraordinary value proposition. Mm -hmm. that is supported by a sustainable competitive advantage so that you have this advantage for some period of time mm -hmm. that will enable you to acquire customers efficiently and rapidly mm -hmm. and, and grow fast mm -hmm. to a size where you can deliver disproportionate profitability. So, you know, Interesting. all of those components have got to come together and it's not, you know, it's not easy. So what about, so, you know, so the got first mover, you got second mover, you got third mover, companies coming in okay. for the second and third time, how can they, I mean, how does it work for the person, okay. that, you know, the second Facebook, the, the third yeah. Facebook, how does well, it work? Well, okay, this is one of the great myths of innovation, right? Mm -hmm. One of the great myths of innovation is that there's an advantage to being the first mover. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to innovation, when it comes to entrepreneurship, you know, being the first mover is a really bad place to be. Mm -hmm. So name for me a successful first mover. Facebook was not a first mover. They didn't invent social networking, right? Google was not a yeah, first yeah. mover. They didn't invent exactly. search. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Netflix certainly wasn't a first mover in terms of distributing videos. Mm -hmm. um, Amazon was not the first bookstore online. It wasn't the first e-commerce store online. Mm -hmm. You know, name for me, Apple didn't invent the microcomputer. Mm -hmm. Apple, Apple did not invent the MP3 player. Apple did not invent the smartphone. Apple mm -hmm. did not invent the smartwatch. What did Apple invent, right? So it is absolutely wrong mm -hmm. if you think being a first mover is an advantage. Mm -hmm. The only place, you know, the place, the reason we've all been confused by this is because at the corporate level, mm -hmm. you know, when you are a global brand and mm -hmm. you've already got bazillions of customers and you're competing with these other guys in the marketplace, Getting the next, you know, innovation out to the market first is mm -hmm. an advantage because you've mm -hmm. already got a bazillion customers, right? right? <laughs> but in a new market with zero customers, being the first mover means you're the one who's got to spend all the money educating the marketplace on what the frick this new MP3 player is, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> or, you know, what the heck this new smartphone thing is. Mm -hmm. um, so in any case, so being the first mover is actually not the place you want to be. You know, mm -hmm. you want to be what is referred to as a fast follower. You mm -hmm. want to, you want to let the first movers spend all their company, uh, spend all their money educating the marketplace and creating a platform, um, mm -hmm. for you to then come in with sort of an incremental advantage mm -hmm. and then steal the market from them. 
So again, you know, Airbnb did not invent couch surfing. Uber did not invent gypsy cabs, right? I mean, so, so a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, right. And so, as an entrepreneur, what you want to do is you want to find a market opportunity that you can enter efficiently mm-hmm. without having to without having to educate the marketplace, but to, by offering some sort of significant, compelling value proposition advantage over mm-hmm. the current players, and then you know, and then ride that wave to to growing a, a large, uh, successful company. Oh, interesting. And you yeah. talk about the importance of the network. Yeah. And you talk, you know, we hear about. I remember when, you know, uh, we had Skokovo coming over the MBA students to startup academy, et cetera, yeah. but. Yeah. Tell them, I mean, they think companies from around the world think they can just drop into Silicon Valley on a Friday <laughs> and by Monday they have a deal cut, right? So, right. I mean, right. I, and I know you talk about this a lot, but can you yeah. just tell our audience, yeah. uh, you know, what, what the reality is and how it works and the, the power of the network? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, Silicon Valley, um, you know, we love visitors. We embrace visitors. We're nice to visitors. We talk to visitors, but we don't fund visitors. <laughs> I mean, we are, we are, you know, if, if you want to get Silicon Valley money, there are a few venture firms. I mean, there are, you know, a few venture firms that will invest globally. Mm-hmm. And Pegasus Tech Ventures does, in fact, invest globally. Pegasus has offices around the world. Um, but very few uh, Silicon Valley venture firms invest globally. So if you want Silicon Valley money, usually the case you got to make the case that that you're going to use Silicon Valley or the United States as a platform for scaling to you know a a large company. Mm-hmm. So we want to see that you are committed to the U.S. market. That you are planting, you know, a a flag here. That you're sending, you know, senior team here. Ideally, the the you know top management team relocates to this market, and then validates that that the company can indeed acquire customers in this market. Mm-hmm. So when you come to Silicon Valley, talking to VCs is not the first thing you should do. It's okay, you know, it's okay to talk to VCs to socialize, but the first thing you got to do is win customers. Mm-hmm. So you know, and then tied into that, you got to build a team that can demonstrate the capability to be successful here. If you can win customers and build a team, then then Silicon Valley VCs are much, much, much more likely to fund you. So it's not going to be a kind of one week process. Of flying in, you know, making your pitch and taking mm-hmm. the check back home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to work that way. But, you know, I'm sure undoubtedly there is the counterexample, right? I mean, I, you know, the, the famous counterexample, of course, is Skype, where, um, um, I, you know, Bill Draper is one of his associates, a guy named Howard Hartenbaum, happened to be in Europe, happened to come across Skype, thought, hey, this Skype thing is pretty interesting you know, and wrote a check from 6,000 miles away to be one of the early investors in Skype. That does happen. It does happen. Um, So there are a few businesses that can be sort of global day one. 
mm-hmm. where their their marketing can be global and in that case, it doesn't necessarily mean they have to re- relocate the team to mm-hmm. the U.S., but that's you know not generally true. Um, generally, you know you've got to acquire your customers sort of at some level locally. What happens if they have? Let's say they got you know five million dollar business outside of yeah. the U.S. Yeah, they yeah. Re- relocate to Silicon Valley. Yeah. They form a Delaware corporation, relocate out to Silicon mm-hmm. Valley. Mm-hmm. They've got a strong team, but the sales just aren't here yet. But they've yeah. got five million dollars worth of ARR now, and they're growing, you know, thirty percent. You know, yeah. how do how do you look at that that type of a company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same way? Well, understand again um, that you don't have to move the entire company over. By the way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you've launched in a different market. If you've launched in a different market and you're growing in a different market, God bless, mm-hmm. that's great. You mm-hmm. know, if you've got a, you know, a great engineering team, you know, that's great because it's really hard and really expensive to acquire engineers in Silicon Valley or mm-hmm. anywhere in the United States. So, you know, we love we love that kind of leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you then come over here and say, hey, you know, we've got a brand name customer um, in this country. Um, elsewhere, I, you know, our, our instinct is going to be, okay, can you get similar brand names here? You know, yes or no. What's the, what's the likelihood? We'll give some amount of credibility to, um, to sort of initial conversations, Mm -hmm. but obviously you're going to be way better off if you can validate with local customers than if you're going to depend upon customers back home. So the other thought being that if you've got five million of ARR, you know, back home, then you should have the experience and the resources to, you know, build up the capability to acquire customers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, eh, you know, why, why, why can't you? If you've been that successful in another market, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, you've got local investors who will continue to support that success. Um, and, you know, until you can prove that you can be successful in, in, in the U.S. market. Now, again, you know, every, every company, you know, every situation is different. You know, so I'm, you know, now that we, you know, we've connected Garage and, and Pegasus, I get, to, I get to look at companies, you know, in all sorts of different markets. And, you know, so I'm now sitting on the board of a, co- of a, of a company in Vietnam. I mean, so you know, we were we were willing to invest in Vietnam because you know this company had good traction in Vietnam and had now it happened it happened that two of the three members of the founding team had had good experience you know elsewhere in the world one at Google and one in Cambridge um so that oh, that doesn't hurt does it <laughs> yeah. so that that gave us comfort you know mm-hmm. about the um you know the quality and the global perspective of the team mm-hmm. so uh yeah i mean it's uh, it's certainly there's plenty of examples of where you can where you can do that but if you want to get if you if you want to improve your odds focus on acquiring customers before you focus on raising Silicon Valley mm-hmm. venture capital. What about, you wrote about, you know, how do you speak to investors during the pandemic? I mean, this is a mm-hmm. unique set of circumstances. So 
somebody can't travel to the valley. They're growing like crazy. Right. You know, they're they're um, ready to go. They want to come to the valley. They even have right. customers in the U.S. Yeah. How do they get to? How do you deal? How do they deal with it today? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so good news, bad news. The bad news, obviously, is the pandemic. The good news is the good news is that, you know, because we are, you know, uh, you know, sheltering in place or whatever, because we're locked into our, you know, our, in my case, upstairs rec room, um, because we're, you know, we're locked in at home, we have so much more time for taking meetings and meetings can be so much more efficient because, you know, we don't have to schedule a lunch and we don't have to travel and we don't have, you know, all that sort of stuff that took time before now. So I was up at, I was up on zoom at 7am this morning, um, connected to the, to the UK, um, meeting entrepreneurs in space tech, um, at a, at an event that was hosted in the UK. Um, so, you know, I get up in the morning and I'm on the phone to Israel or Germany or the UK and, you know, the sun crosses the sky and I'm going across the world and, you know, ending my evenings talking to Korea or Singapore or Vietnam, you know, Mm -hmm. so, 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 so that's good. That's good. Now you've got the same, the same problem you had in the physical world is how do you get the connection, the introduction? Right, right. Exactly. So, right. So. Mm -hmm. I now I can actually see more companies now than I used to just because of the time issue and because of these virtual events. Um, the you know the, the 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 trick the challenge of course is is for any entrepreneur to get my you know to get a VC's eyeballs on the company and then to establish their sufficient credibility that they can separate themselves from the pack. Mm-hmm. Such that the VC is willing to go back to you know his or her partners and say, "Hey, you know, I saw twelve companies this morning. Two of them, I think we should follow up on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so. The other way to do it then is is the same way um, you've always done it, which is to find a warm introduction. Mm-hmm. So you know, every country has networks of 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 um, uh, you know ambassadors in Silicon Valley, um, mm-hmm. you know you're an ambassador for a num- you know for a, uh, for a number of uh, of, of entrepreneurs. Um, so every country has ambassadors that you know are willing to make these connections, who you know have relationships, you know trusted relationships that they can say, hey, you know, Bill. There's this company. You just I, you really got to meet them. So because they, they, and you know, generally, generally, I'll take that meeting. Now I know sometimes I'll push back if if it's not if it's not if it's not a good fit. Mm-hmm. But you still you need to do the same thing. And again, the good news is, if I'm talking to an entrepreneur in you know Eastern Europe. Um, it's really kind of no different than talking to an entrepreneur in San Francisco these days. Either way, it's, you know, it's, it's video conferencing. Um, and then it's just a matter of, you know, can that entrepreneur separate himself or herself from the rest of the pack and get me to say, wow, that's amazing. We got to follow up on this. 
So, but you know, remember the so the rule yeah. the old days you go to Hobie's and you meet and you cut a deal and you know, you want to be yeah. 30 to 40 minutes away from the VC on Sandhill Road. But I mean, those days are out. The people actually writing checks now today without ever meeting people physically in person. Yeah. So we have now done three investments where we've never met the entrepreneur in person and, you know, except in, except this way. Mm -hmm. um, we invested in a company, you know, so interesting question. So we invested in a company in India mm -hmm. a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and we had never met the entrepreneurs other than by video conference. So it's a, it's a really interesting question. Would we have funded them in a pre-COVID world mm -hmm. where, you know, you always have a face-to-face? -face. I mean, mm -hmm. so what we have done in the past is we have had, you know, so we, um, uh, we invested in a pre, you know, last year we invested in a company in Israel. Um, and you know, the, the way we did it is we found a friend of ours in Israel to go visit the entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And while they were there, we did a video conference mm -hmm. with our friend and the team at the entrepreneur's location. Mm -hmm. And that was our site visit. Um, so it was, you know, a hybrid a little FaceTime or a little zoom walking around. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> so well. Yeah, well, you know, it was a, a, a longer story, but it was important that we have a site visit. Um, you know, it's it's our obligation, you know, to our um, to our investors, uh, and so we've got to we've got to somehow substitute for that in 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 this in this world. In the case of the India company, the way we were able to do it is is by spending time with their uh, with their with their other investors. Mm -hmm. who had indeed spent time face-to-face. -face. So, you know, face-to-face -face by proxy is something that, that, that we're doing more of. So if you just look at the statistics, I mean, our own experience is we have not slowed down at all in terms of investment pace. Um, it has been, there have been, you know, some definite COVID problems uh, related to travel and, and that sort of thing that have slowed down, that have made some investments harder. So we do have, you know, we've got a couple of investment opportunities on the side burner waiting, um, waiting to do a demo. Um, so unfortunately, it has to be an in-person demo mm -hmm. for a couple of these technologies. But uh, so it has slowed down some types of investments. Mm -hmm. Generally, it doesn't slow down software that much. Um, so, so in terms of, you know, pandemic hacks, mm -hmm. um, so we, you know, we put a section in the book, you know, <laughs> on pandemic hack, hacks, and, you know, again, turn, you know, it's turn a flaw into a feature, turn, you know, be, learn how to be effective at at connecting over Zoom, you know, and yeah, and so there are now bunches and bunches of articles on being good at video conferencing, um, and you know, it's stunning to me sometimes, I you know how many people have not been paying attention to that, um, and you know, I mean, to to be on a video conference and not have your camera on, I mean. You know, that's just immediately a disqualifier. Yeah, for me, if I get on a video conference with an entrepreneur and they won't turn the camera on, mm -hmm. I mean, 
hello, I mean, <laughs> what, you know, so in any case, but, uh, you know, but all the, other, you know, a lot of the other, you know, sort of historical things apply, you know, back to your point about the network. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want to connect into a different geography, you've got to find the local, you know, sort of uh, nodes for mm -hmm. your geography in that geography, you know, connect those local nodes because they are hopefully one degree of separation from a set of investors or- yeah, And trust, I mean, it's about trust. If you know somebody there, it's trust, right? And right. Bill, you talked about I, one thing, it's yeah. interesting, and I wanna make sure the audience understands the impact yeah. of wow. And so you talk mm -hmm. about wow in the first sentence, and yeah. <laughs> can you describe it for them? Because sometimes, you know, I'm dealing with uh, technical founders and they're, you know, they, they look at um, marketing and sales as voodoo. They don't understand that right. you know, there's some uh, uh, showmanship about, uh, about uh, getting investment. Can you talk about yeah. that, about what yeah. WOW is and how they can use it? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so I talk about it in terms of what makes investors fall in love, right? Mm -hmm. You know, as I said before, the secret to your success as an entrepreneur is to get an investor to fall in love with you um, or, you know, some other motivating emotion. But so the question then is, why do investors fall in love? Right. Um, and so, you know, VCs fall in love with, they fall in love with teams. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so when we see a team that has, you know, extraordinary credentials and they are articulate and they're right on it and they're obviously working together well, and we say, boy, these, this team, they're going to pull it off. I, you know, it may not be quite right right now, but we know they're going to figure this out. So we do. We fall in love with teams, and that's kind of a human, you know, reaction. We also fall in love. We also fall in love with technology. And we know this is a bad thing, but we do. We do <laughs> anyway, because, you know, we're generally, we're kind of, you know, gadget freaks. And, and, and so when... It could be the nerdiest team with, you know, pocket protectors and whatever. And they come in and they can make, they can make bits do something that bits have never done before. You yeah. know? And we can, you know, so we, if you can demonstrate a technology that is just dramatically superior, breakthrough technology, you know, um, then that gets us to wow you know, for obvious reasons. Third way we fall in love, we fall in love with visions. So mm -hmm. we fall in love, you know, it's gotta be the right combination of team and technology, but they have a vision mm -hmm. of making a dent in the universe that is both, you know, compelling and indeed credible. Mm -hmm. And my, you know, my favorite example of this is a company we invested in called Delight Design. And these guys, it happened to be four guys, happened to be four graduate students from Stanford who had developed a solar rechargeable lantern that was cheaper and better than kerosene for the two billion people on the planet who do not have access to reliable grid electricity, mm -hmm. okay? So they come in and they, you know, they sort of talk through this, this story about, you know, 2 billion people, they're unconnected, they're using kerosene, their houses burned down, their kids get asthma, 
you know, it creates carbon and show us this, this, this LED lantern that they've built, designed and built at Stanford mm -hmm. that is cheaper than kerosene. And we go, oh my God, this is amazing. But this kind of, you know, it kind of feels like one of those social do good philanthropic mm -hmm. investment things, you know, mm -hmm. and, and they came over the table at us and they said, you don't get it. If we're going to change the lives of 2 billion people on this planet, we've got to build a big, successful, profitable, global, high technology corporation. And we go, whoa, <laughs> we, we love these guys. So we were the first investors in Delight Design and God bless them. God bless them. They are the leading solar lantern, solar, solar lighting company on the planet. They have been successful across South Asia and Africa, um, you know, partnerships with all sorts of global companies, you know, like Total and, and Philips. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, good news, bad news, they had a great exit last year. Um, you know, so we cashed out. And, but it just broke my heart not to not to be an investor in them anymore, um, just because it was just such a brilliant, beautiful, you know, wonderful vision that they actually executed on. So, so the point is, <laughs> wow, wow is an emotion, and there are a whole bunch of ways to get to wow. Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, you've got to figure out what you have that is your wow. Mm -hmm. So it's not always exactly the same recipe, mm -hmm. but somewhere it has something to do with some compelling value proposition that you've got and some unique, unfair competitive advantage that's going to enable you to you know, beat out everyone else out there and build a big, successful, profitable company. So you, know, you got to put those together to get a VC to say, wow, you know, I really want to invest in this company. No, that's great. Mm -hmm. So we're coming up to the top of the hour. Sorry. Uh, and so final thoughts, Bill. I mean, there's uh -huh. a lot of, uh, you know, the, we're, we talk to people all over the world all the time. Yeah. Whether they're in China or uh, Singapore or Russia or Europe. I mean, yeah. and there are challenges out there today. So what could you give them? What's one piece of advice that you would tell entrepreneurs uh, from around the world today to be able to get their company uh, global. What would you say yeah. is one yeah. piece of advice that's critically important today? Yeah. Well, so, you know, every entrepreneur has the same challenge, which is pretty much every entrepreneur, they start from zero, right? No customers, no revenues, and they've got to build a, you know, highly successful company. So everybody's got the same challenge. So what's the key? What's the key to being successful? And, and you know, sort of my, my encouragement to every entrepreneur is to make sure that inside the company and all of your communications outside the company, you follow the rule of what I call the three, the three, the three. <laughs> Sorry. <Got it. laughs> The, the three C, the three C's, the three C's. Okay, this is an English language thing, but but you've got to be clear about what you're doing, mm -hmm. and you've got to be able to communicate it clearly. 
you know, how else can you win customers? How else can you attract employees? How else can you get investors if you are not clear about what it is you're doing? And it's just, it's stunning to me how many entrepreneurs I, you know, meet and I talk to and I say, so tell me what you're up to. And they go off on this road trip of just talking about, you know, I don't know, they'll talk about their technology, they'll talk about their product, they'll talk about their background, they'll talk about, you know, okay, maybe I want to know that stuff, but can't you tell me in one sentence what business you are in, right? Just be clear about what you're doing so I know, you know, why I should care about your technology or your team or anything like that, right? So you've got to be clear. And then second, the second C is you've got to be compelling. You've got to have something that's dramatically better. You know, you've got to deliver a benefit that's going to cause your customers to fall in love with you and say, you know, you know you're going to rip this technology out of my dead hands before I'll give it up, right? You know, I mean, they've got to love your product. You know, so it's got to be obvious what your compelling value proposition is. That's mm -hmm. the second C. The third C is you've got to be credible. And this is where almost every entrepreneur blows it, right? They'll say some exaggeration about their, you know, total available market or their, you know, customer pipeline or their financial projections or whatever. They blow their credibility. And so the third C is you've got to be credible. You've got to give us confidence that what you're saying is true. So if you're slinging a whole bunch of BS, you know, we're just going to back away, right? <laughs> and so you've got to be clear, you've got to be compelling, and you've got to be credible. Those are the keys to building a successful team, to building a successful customer base, to acquiring investors, clear, compelling, and credible. And that should apply to sort of every communication, every strategic plan, every pitch you've got has to be clear, compelling, and credible. So that's my, you know, that's fantastic advice. You know, your, your book, Getting the yeah. Wow. So uh, mm -hmm. I know Amazon, but what's uh, any other uh, places where they can get your book? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> well, at the moment, <laughs> so we decided to publish as an ebook mm -hmm. on Amazon, you know, to 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 get it out there. We thought that would be the simplest, easiest way to get it out there at the best price possible. So, you know, unlike some VC authors who obnoxiously write these books and charge 20, 30, 40 dollars for these books, we decided to make it accessible to every entrepreneur on the planet by offering it digitally for the low, low price of only $9.95. So there we go. <laughs> Sounds like a commercial I used to hear from the East Coast. The prices are insane. Uh, yes. great, book, so. yeah. great book with amazing insights. Seriously. I mean, I yes. literally, I mean, I we I've heard you speak many, many times. We've been together. You're, mm -hmm. you know, and, and um, involved with a number of the companies mm -hmm. that uh, I've been involved in. So no, it's great. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and I I appreciate your, you know, giving me the opportunity to share with your audience. Yeah, how do they get a hold of you too? We've got some companies, specifically AI companies from around the world. How do they get yeah. a hold? Of you? 
Well, you can, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's pretty, that's pretty easy. There you have my name. Um, and my, my, my email is Reichert at garage.com or, <laughs> or Bill at PegasusVentures.com. So, you know, three, three ways to find me. So, and indeed, uh, I will even tell you that you know my email is on the garage website. So if you forgot, <laughs> you can always Check find my email <laughs> on the garage website. So it 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 shouldn't be that hard to track me down. Um, but the best way the best way to get to me is to say, "Hey, Bill, I bought your book and I loved it." <laughs> <laughs> just fell in love with it. I that's, my well. that's part of you know how you know if you want to get me to fall in love with you, right? Mm -hmm. Buy his book. <laughs> you know that's okay. All right, sounds okay. great. Thanks Thank a lot. Thank you very much for your time. All I right. appreciate it. Good talking to you, my okay. friend. Thanks a lot. Bye -bye. Take good care. Bye bye. And say hi Thank to Peter. You. Say hi to Peter for me. I haven't seen him in a while. All right. Sounds yep. great. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. So stay tuned for part two. Coming up now with the amazing Peter Lukianoff. Peter, hey, Gary, how are you? Hey, it's great to see you today. Hey, Sorry Bill was wonderful. Um, I think just great advice for entrepreneurs. So uh, great to have him on. And good to see him as well uh, also. He said to say hello. I don't know if you heard yeah, that. I heard, I heard it backstage, yeah. So, Peter, it's great to have you on the show today. So, can you tell the audience? I mean, I've, you know, you're a venture capitalist, uh, Strawberry Hill Ventures, um, Almas in the past, a lot of stuff in Russia, a lot of plus all over the world, um, Berkeley grad, MBA, um, engineering, I mean, everything. I've known you, I don't even know anymore, years, 15 years, 20 years, seems like forever. But, wow. Yeah. So Peter is an amazing guy who helps companies from around the world. I specifically been involved in, with companies from Eastern Europe and Russia, but has done an incredible job of taking companies out. So it's with great pleasure to have you on the show today, Peter. And, you know, with Modern Venture Partners, can you tell the, my audience a little bit about that and some of the things you guys are doing? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you, Gary, for, for hosting me and, and uh, congrats on your success, too. I think what you're doing is fantastic, reaching out to entrepreneurs globally. And, you know, the great thing about the Internet, it's really made entrepreneurship global now. And so you don't necessarily have to be in Silicon Valley, although, as Bill mentioned, there are certainly some advantages to that. And if you want to get local you know, Silicon Valley venture funds, definitely be here. But um, but anyway, that was great advice and, and congrats on your, your distribution and your show. So yeah, so Modern Venture Partners. So we were on, you know, a, a few weeks back talking about a different topic, but um, here, you know, uh, you know, we, we just launched actually Modern Venture Partners about a month and a half ago. And so we spun out of a prior company that my founders and I were part of. And so, you know, to Bill's point of, of being concise and focused, uh, we are all about making venture capital personal again. And it's really about, uh, you know, focused on uh, what we call high net worth individuals and family offices. Um, so that's our, our particular market. 
but we're basically making venture uh, available to them or giving them access to venture capital uh, in a very similar way to how endowments or pension funds have access to VC. Yeah, so you got some interesting companies too. I know, Peter, we were talking about a few of the companies you're involved in, and incredible, uh, the stalwarts of, uh, of Silicon Valley. Can you talk a little bit about that? What kind of companies you're looking for and companies you're investing in? Yeah, so well, uh, Modern Venture Partners basically has two products. So what we have, and again, all this is focused on, uh, again, high, high net worth individuals that we call qualified purchasers. So these, these are folks typically that have five, uh, five million and up in, in assets to invest um, or assets under management. And we provide two products. One is a fund that we call a vintage. And the reason we call it a vintage is because it happens every year. So every year we raise a new fund and there are about 25 investments in that fund and in that vintage. And again, that happens on an annual basis every, every year. And then our second product is what we call a deal share. And this is a individual deal by deal opportunity where investors can invest in these, these companies through our deal shares um, and, and get positions directly into companies. And um, the beauty of it is that the, the vintage provides a diversification with a single check, you get sort of instant diversification through the portfolio. Um, but the deal shares allow an investor to go in deeper into a company if they really love the opportunity, if it fits their portfolio. So they have sort of total control to sort of build their portfolio how they wish. Mm -hmm. um, and then in every case, what we do is we uh, we follow other investors and we follow top tier lead investors into companies. So investors that normally cannot get into a Sequoia Capital and Andreessen Horowitz and Excel Partners, Klein and Perkins, et cetera, through us are able to do that um, and able to invest in, in deals side by side with those top tier funds. Interesting. And so, I mean, you've had a lot of successes. I remember we talked, was it uh, quick to Skype? So what's your, you know, you're out there. What are you looking for in terms of startups today? What, what really is exciting for you? Well, we, so by design, we are, um, uh, we're, we're a diversified fund. So we look pretty broadly across different stages and sectors. Um, and, but all of them have a sort of a top tier lead investor. And uh, so, so really it's a pretty broad, uh, spectrum. What, what I can do is I can just tell you maybe about a company that we're bringing to market actually in a deal share next week. Uh, we originally yeah, thought we were going to be in first half of next week, but yeah, it's a company called Luminous Computing. Mm -hmm. And this is a company that, uh, is building a photonics chip. And if folks are familiar with Moore's law, Moore's law basically says that compute power doubles every two years. And that's sort of been the, the law, you know, of computing for the last, you know, several decades. And uh, however, with AI applications, what's interesting is instead of uh, demand uh, doubling every two years and keeping up with Moore's law, it actually is far exceeding that. The demand for AI applications for a number of them is now doubling, compute power is doubling every three and a half months. So think of that, I mean, difference that uh, normal compute power is doubling every two years. Here, AI applications 
uh, the, the consumption of that compute is doubling every three and a half months. So the existing uh, technology just is not keeping up. And so what luminous computing is doing is creating a photonics chip that will be able to transmit data at the speed of light and be able to really meet this demand that, that is happening with, especially in AI applications. But you can imagine how many other things it will affect. And if this company is successful, and we're, we're um, certainly betting that they are, and they've had a lot of great progress recently, this is, this is a company that can be on the scale of an Intel or an NVIDIA or companies like that. So we're pretty excited about it. Um, it's got an amazing team uh, that is uh, building this. They, in fact, they've already run a first chip run at, um, at TSMC. They've got some additional relationships with other foundries and so forth around the globe. That was just an amazing sort of feat for uh, a startup of this of this uh, uh, stage, and it's uh, but it's also got some interesting people around it. In addition to the fantastic team that's been able to execute on all these things uh, today, uh, Bill Gates is an investor. He's got a board seat. Um, it's led by uh, the deal is led by. Uh, the one of the founders of PayPal and Founders Fund, Luke Nosek, who is investing uh, in the company. And so we are now doing a, uh, a deal share coming up next week for the company. And uh, our investors are going to be evaluating that. And if they choose, uh, they'll be investing. But our fund's an investor as well. Oh, that's great. So Bill Gates and one of the founders of PayPal are on the board yeah. of the company. And, and Founders Fund, yeah. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So what do they do? I mean, you know, we have people from all over the world, high net worth individuals watch my show. How do they, what What can they do? How do they get into well, The best way to do it is, and again, there's zero obligation, really. We sort of make it very simple and easy for our investors to interact with us. They just go to our website, which is MVP, uh, stands for Modern Venture Partners, uh, mvp-vc.com. Um, and they just go in there and register and they can start seeing deals. And if they are a qualified purchaser, uh, they'll start seeing opportunities like Luminous, like some others. We recently completed a couple of other deals. We were in a company called Loft Orbital um, that is a basically doing what AWS does in computing. It does that for satellite, the business, uh, satellite business growing very nicely. Uh, you know, to top tier Midas list investors on the board of that company. Uh, we just invested also in a company called Lex Markets, which in the, is in the real estate space. Um, you, I think, you know, Alan Patrickoff is sort of a legend in the venture capital industry, is on the board of that company and uh, now doing Luminous. And usually every, we probably have two deal shares a month that we'll do. Um, sort of on that general pace. So it, it, for an investor, again, there's no obligation. They can just register, start seeing these, these deals. If they decide to invest, great, they can do that. And what we do is we provide them with nice, sort of a, 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 a what we call a deal pack that includes everything you would need to, to you know, evaluate a deal. And in fact, the reason why we call it, by the way, a deal share, <clears throat> excuse me, is because um, it's meant to be shared among family members or friends. So a lot of high net worth individuals and family offices have you know, other people that they typically invest in or within a family they're investing. And so our, our deal shares are meant to be shared. And so these deal packs really give an investor everything they need to do to evaluate a company. And now obviously they can go do their own due diligence, but in that deal pack, 
there's a, a industry dossier, so you can get up to speed and smart on the, on the industry. There's a typically a webinar that's a video of the CEO talking or founder talking about their company, how they got started, the vision, all this other things in terms of where they're going. And then also um, uh, an investment memo and again, all the details around it as well. So it's a great way to really, you know, um, evaluate a deal and, and share it amongst friends as well and, and family members. What about startups? What are you looking for and how do they get a hold of you? Well, the startups, we actually, we, we take a little bit of a different approach. We, we actually go look for the startups ourselves. Um, now, certainly if there's a great connection or relationship we have with somebody, um, we will, you know, we'll, we'll sort of take some incoming um, uh, deals, but it's, it's normally, uh, you know, we're, we're out there looking at, for the companies and we sort of select the ones that we want to go into. Um, again, having said that, typically for, you know, much earlier stage companies and we will do some seed, um, but but typically, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get a referral from somebody, one of our co-investors or, or friends like yourself or others who see interesting opportunities around the world and sort of point them in our direction. Uh, again, we're typically coming in for about 20% of, of a round. Our, our positioning is that we want to be the, uh, and actually this isn't really around a today, uh, but our positioning is that we want to be the absolute best co-investor that's out there. So you got the Sequoias, you got the Excels, the Greylocks, all these top tier firms, Founders Fund, et cetera, that are phenomenal lead investors. And so we don't compete with them. We are uh, we come in for about 20% typically or, or less of a round when they lead a round. There's typically some some portion of that left. And we come in there and our positioning is to not compete with those firms, but really to come in and be the absolute best, you know, second second uh, uh, investor in the deal and really drive, help drive revenue. So that's sort of what we do in our in our portfolio companies and how we add value to them. No, that's great, Peter. So what do we have? Any uh, any uh, words for the uh, startups out there? Any any words of wisdom? And well, I think you know, Bill Bill actually gave some great advice. Um, and I think that you know the other thing that often uh, I mean he mentioned a lot of these things, but I think oftentimes entrepreneurs don't really understand how venture works. And so um, I think understanding that is really helpful. So you know I think. Generally, entrepreneurs, when they pitch a VC, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's important for them to know that what those venture investors are looking for, try to understand their portfolio. And I believe the best way to get into a venture a firm is to get a referral from a from a successful entrepreneur that that venture firm has made money with in the past. Mm -hmm. And as Bill said, a lot of these, you know, we, we as a venture, you know, class of people are not experts typically on the, you know, portfolio companies or those markets that they're in and so forth. I mean, our, our understanding of a market is really sort of uh, much, much, much less than the entrepreneurs. And so if, if they can get a referral from a successful entrepreneur who that venture firm is back in the past, I really think that's sort of the best way to get in because as Bill mentioned, the com competition is really fierce. And mm -hmm. to, I think all the, all the advice he gave was, was fantastic. Uh, but in addition to that, I would say you got to be smart about how you 
get into these these firms and how you get a referral into them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would recommend that being one path to sort of get into get into some of the top firms. No, that's great. Well, I really appreciate you taking your time to meet with us. What's one piece of wisdom, uh, additional piece of wisdom that you would give uh, entrepreneurs that are out there today during these pandemic times? Well, I think just, you know, be creative, keep at it. As Bill said, you know, deals are being done. I, I agree with that, that we haven't really slowed down our pace. In fact, if anything, we're, we're just continuing to be on pace. I think we're going to be over this whole thing at some point, obviously. Um, and so we just got to stay positive and continue to be creative. And, and I think this is, this is a time to be you know, entrepreneurial. You're going to take, take a negative and turn it into a positive. And so I think that's that's something we can do. And and like Bill said, a lot of a lot of firms now are very used to doing these kind of things off of Zoom and so forth. So, you know, it's 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 much easier, I think, for for in some some ways for for uh, entrepreneurs to get uh, some attention. Uh, Anywhere from two to four events every single day. Yeah. Around the world, from Singapore to Australia to Russia. I mean, you name it. This is a great time. The key is to be able to use the medium wisely because we're not going to find this is unprecedented time. We haven't been in a situation where we have a Zoom where we can still communicate. This yeah. isn't 1918 during the Spanish flu. Exactly. This is an opportunity. And Peter's right on target. We got to stay positive. You know, believe in your dreams, visualize, you know, get shit done. It's critically important. The other thing is use that warm referral network because trust is important. And if somebody gets an introduction from a trusted source, they're much more likely to be able to take a look at it. So great advice, Peter. Thanks for coming on the show today. Gary, if I just have another minute just for the investors in the group, because I know we're primarily focused on them for this. But um, uh, the one thing that's really also changed in in the, the, the ecosystem is that, you know, private companies now are staying private longer. And so... You know, in the past, you were able to go public and buy a, a, an equity or something like that after an IPO and still have time to run that company up and make a lot of money on it. Well, today, that whole equation split. The companies are staying private longer. So when they go public, they're not going public at a couple of hundred billion in value like they did, you know, in the 80s and 90s. Now they're going public at multiple billions in valuation. And so that's another reason, I think, from an investor standpoint, why getting into private investments is so important because that should be a staple of any high net worth individual and family office portfolio. And so that's something we're providing. And we'd love to hear more from investors who can then we can back these companies, these great companies that you're talking about. So again, our our website, mvp-vc.com, and or you can just type in modern venture partners and you should be able to find us that way. Sounds great. Thanks, Thanks, Peter. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to seeing you on our next show. Thanks again.